Um, folks, I um, have the task this morning, which is no main feat, um, of doing a little bit of a thank you um, for Gillian. Um, I want you to imagine that I am wearing multiple hats, as I know many of you also do in this room. And so I'm going to kind of jump from hat to hat, um, because there's a few ways that um, I would like to thank Gillian this morning. Uh, so the first and the least fun hat that I get to wear is that I am on the board of directors, along with Ivan um, as part of our church. Um, and it is a necessary hat, but definitely not as fun as the other ones that I'll talk about. Um, so Gillian, first and foremost, um, on behalf of the board of directors, uh, we just want to say thank you. Uh, thank you for your dedication and your commitment um, over all the years of service for everything that you have poured into Carrick Vineyard um, as our children's pastor. Um, we want you to know um, how thankful we are and how grateful we are. Um, and even as we reflect back um, over the last number of years, and the metaphorical spanner that was thrown in the works when COVID arrived. Um, you rose to the occasion, Gillian, um, and I know, and I'll wear this hat in a little moment, but I know for me and for our kids, um, Sunday mornings couldn't come quick enough when we got to see Gillian on the screen. Um, and in all those months where there was a real risk of feeling isolated, um, actually you brought continuity and community for us. Um, and so I say that partly from the parent perspective, but also just for you to know how grateful we are um, as a board for your passion, your energy, your commitment, your dedication. Thank you, Gillian, on behalf of the board. Um, next hat um, is incredibly much more fun. I get to be part of the kids team here at church. Um, so I joined our kids ministry about seven years ago when Karis was one and she was old enough um, to go along to kids herself. Um, and I have loved serving on kids team over all those years. Um, Gillian, it's been a lot of fun. Um, you have always made me feel really valued and welcomed um, as a member of the kids team. I've loved serving alongside other people and um, it's been an enormous privilege. And I thought you guys might appreciate just a little story because I feel like Gillian and I's journey on the kids ministry together ended on a real high for me. Um, and that was we've just finished Life Kids with some of our primary school ones. Um, and on the final night, Gillian had organised uh, a Nerf war. I mean, who doesn't want to do that? An opportunity to shoot Nerf bullets at your own children. Amazing. Um, and so uh, we had a great Nerf war. There were hot dogs promised at the end. It was fantastic. Um, Gillian had uh, got to the point, and the room was incredible, but we got to the end and uh, Gillian had called, right, everybody, that's it. We need to stop. We needed to stop. But, and I, I hope that I've been forgiven for this, but there was an opportunity that presented itself, and that was Gillian standing at the other end of the room with a backdrop full of little laser beams. The perfect opportunity to take that one last shot. So all the other children had actually put down the Nerf guns and listened, but I got mine ready and I just took a wee, a wee pop at Gillian's head. Now my aim wasn't, um, wasn't perfect, but the little Nerf bullet whizzed past the ear, at which point Gillian turned around to all the kids and went, I told you to put the guns down. <laughs> she then looked to the other end of the room and just saw me and said, was that you, Laura Farrell? At which point I was like, yes it was, but you know, this is our last time serving on kids team together um, for now um, so I had to take the opportunity so Gillian as a member of kids team I think I can probably speak on behalf of lots of people you have made us feel welcomed and encouraged and supported it has been an enormous privilege but it has also been a lot of fun the last hat um, and this is the one where I have to keep it upbeat because there's a very real possibility I might cry um, a parent. <laughs> By far lots of fun, but also the hardest out of all the three hats to wear. Um, I remember, oh goodness, 
Harris was a tiny baby a number of years ago, going to a vision and values night here at Carrickford's Vineyard. Johnny and I had been um, were in the, sort of the midst of transition and decided to join the church family here. Um, Harris was but months old and was strapped on the front of me in a sling. Um, Paul and Chantelle and Gillian um, shared a little bit about the vision and the values of Carrick Vineyard. Um, and I will never forget that evening because when you opened your mouth, Gillian, I was like, that's it, I'm in. <laughs> um, and you used this little phrase that I know is used a lot um, in church about equipping the little saints. Um, and as Gillian spoke that night and as she shared her heart for kids uh, ministry and kids as part of our church family, um, I think for me, I stood there and I was like, I love that I'm standing here with a tiny baby strapped on the front of me and there's a person who absolutely believes the same thing that I do, which is that this little person is just as important and has as much opportunity to impact the world as I do. Um, that it's not, you know, a kids and an adults, and that has run through all of what you've brought, Gillian, that it is, it's been about equipping the little saints. Um, and so I stood there that night and I was like, oh, I'm absolutely in. <laughs> um, and I've always remembered it, I've always remembered it, Gillian. Um, and so my last hat as a parent, thank you. And I know that I can probably, I would get a whole raft of parents going, yes, yes, me too. Um, it's been such an honor for our kids. Um, to have had the opportunity to have you in their lives um, and for all the love and the care and support and encouragement um, for all the ways that you have discipled and led them and invested um, and then also through us as a kids team and how you have led that. Um, I'm really grateful that Karis and Matthew um, have had the opportunity to have you not just as part of their lives um, but in those settings and in those contexts because you've carried that banner of equipping the little saints so well. Um, and one final little thought, we sat in Life Kids there just a few weeks ago um, and Maddie had shared, uh, we were each tasked with picking a story because Gillian loves to empower her volunteers. So we were uh, given the task of pick a story you guys share in whatever way you want to. And so Maddie had shared on the feeding of the 5,000 at which point Gillian pipes up, oh, that's, that's like one of my favourite stories and it's one of mine too. I think there's lots of us that resonate with that story. Um, and I, I kind of came away and I thought a little bit more about it. Um, and I think the thing that struck me, and I hadn't actually thought about this element of it before until I started after Life Kids. Um, and so obviously Jesus has tasked the disciples with a, you go ahead and feed those 5,000 people there. And they're like, ha ha, it's cost like half a year's wages. What are we going to do? Um, and then we have Andrew. And Andrew goes and finds the little boy with his lunch and the rest we know is quite literally history. Um, but it struck me, Andrew could have brought the lunch, he could have brought the food that was available, but he didn't. He brought the boy, the little boy, who brought the food. Um, and I love that element of the story because, to me, Andrew is someone who invites somebody else to be part of God's story. And he gives them the opportunity to encounter Jesus for themselves. And Gillian, that's what you do. <laughs> you are very like Andrew. You are like Andrew. You take the hands of little people and you invite them to be part of God's story. Um, and you give them the opportunity to encounter Jesus for themselves. So Gillian, with all of those multiple hats on, on behalf of me, the board of members of the kids team, but also as a parent, thank you. Well, it's been a hard act to follow. Um, 
um, everything that you've said about um, being part of um, the kids' ministry team, Laura, I mean, I wholeheartedly agree with. She just makes people feel valued. She finds their skill set and she just lets them go with it. Um, I'm here to very briefly um, uh, talk about Gillian as a friend and as um, someone on the kids' team. Um, this is one of the things I absolutely hate most. Um, I have to do this a couple of times a year, speak to parents um, as a teacher, and it is so much harder than um, talking to little kids, so do bear with me if you get a bit nervous. Um, Gillian and I, um, our friendship began uh, about 19 years ago. Um, uh, we got to know each other, but our paths had crossed years before whenever we were starting um, our PGCEs. Um, and then years later we met at the church we were in before we came here. And we were very excited to find out that there was a trip to Ikea because at that time there was no Ikea here. So, <laughs> and I still love going to Ikea. Um, back in the day um, when you couldn't just pop over on a Saturday morning and pick up like 10 packets of napkins and candles and all the things that you didn't really need. Um, so Gillian and I um, sat beside each other on the coach, um, on the ferry, and we started talking, and we really haven't stopped talking since, um, to the point where we have been involved in different committees um, and things, and we have been discouraged from sitting beside one another because we talk too much. Um, it's a bit of a throwback to skill there. Um, there's a few people from Victoria Primary PTA who will remember that. <laughs> um, over that time, obviously, our friendship has deepened and we have shared um, lots of significant events and circumstances in life, both good and bad, uh, family circumstances, um, work, or just simply where we're at in our respective journeys. And we've cried together, we've laughed together, we've put the world to rights together over a back-in-the-day runs, and hopefully that will happen again when you get your knees sorted out. Um, and uh, over a coffee or a cider, but in Gillian's case, maybe just two sips. <laughs> Gillian is the most amazing friend. Um, I would be lost without her. She has so many characteristics that I admire. She has honesty, integrity, compassion, um, just seeing people for who they are and accepting them, seeing them through God's eyes. Um, she has wisdom. Um, and she is my go-to person if I have an issue and I want an honest and godly perspective on that. She is my go-to person. Um, another characteristic that she has um, is obedience. Um, if it wasn't for Gillian obeying God's prompt to sit beside this person that she didn't really know on the bus to Ikea and I didn't have nice sweets or anything with me for the journey, she just <laughs> was obedient and sat beside me. Um, we may not have been friends, or maybe certainly not as close as we are now, so thank you for that. Um, I will be forever grateful for that. Um, in terms of kids' ministry, um, we have been involved in kids' ministry together in our previous church and in this church. Um, I suppose um, we, we both love working with children. We also love organising things, putting things in boxes, labelling things, especially if they're printed out. And, uh, <laughs> but we're not OCD at all. Um, but it's so evident when I see Gillian, you know, um, on the times that I've been um, fortunate enough to be on team with her, she just has this knack of bringing stories to life, especially ones that maybe are a bit drier, you know, or a really difficult concept that even as adults we would struggle to understand. She just has this amazing knack of, you know, illustrating it in a way that even our littlest ones can understand and can connect with, and it's not an easy thing to do, but Gillian makes it look effortless. Um, she just has such a passion, she's so gifted. 
Um, and the time she takes, you know, it's not just rocking up on a Sunday morning, you know, I have seen the amount of work that she puts in to preparation, sourcing things, and really importantly, praying for every single one of the children before they even walk through the door so that they will encounter God in a way um, that they can understand. Um, and you know that obviously it's not just Sunday mornings, it extends to all the amazing work Gillian has done through um, going into schools in the wider community, having events like the Easter egg hunt, um, Christmas parties, things like that. You know, she really has such a passion to see people's lives, little ones' lives transformed. And, you know, I'm sure you all have a story to tell that has been passed on or even firsthand from Gillian about, you know, kids who have grown up in an, um, a non-church environment and have come to know Jesus. And it's just, it's just so inspiring. So, as a friend and as um, someone on the kids team, thank you so much. Um, you have just been such a blessing to me and my family and my boys who, you know, are sort of adults and nearly adults now, you know, even though they don't, um, you know, they're not, they're beyond um, kids um, and so on now, um, you know, what you have invested in them, you know, they, they, they will carry with them. So thank you so much, Gillian. <laughs> So, as you know, we planted Carrot Fergus Vineyard um, in 2010, nearly 12 years ago. It was just a small wee group of people who had a dream that church would be a place, a place of hope where lives would change, where people could walk with Jesus, know the love of the Father, and be filled with the Spirit, and encounter his healing and freedom. And we have the strap line, come as you are, know that we would come as we are, be real, worship together, but not stay the same. So we gathered, others joined us. And one of the things we really loved right from the very start was there was loads of families, um, young families and children. So the first wee while we gathered in the evenings at what was the Sea Park Cafe, we also had some family time, some picnics and events. So our first meeting was in October 2010, and by the end of October, I remember we were having a Halloween party, which we stole from Causeway Coast Vineyard, um, especially for the kids, for, well, for everyone, but especially for the kids. And I remember Alan saying to me, oh, Shant, you're only a month in, and you're having a big party, or a kid's party. And I was like, well, I have to try these things. And I just love that Alan and Gillian were encouraging us from the start. So pretty soon we realized, right, we need to have church together. We want to get all the kids involved. So we started Sunday morning church in Carrickfergus College. And I started a group for the little ones first, the toddlers, you know, and built the team, and they went out every Sunday. And as I said, Gillian and Alan were very much part of that story and willing to serve, but Gillian had been part of kids' ministry for a long time before, and also she worked with kids in school, so she said, I'll serve any way you want, but not kids. <laughs> Famous last words, Gillian. So after a few weeks of the little ones, I started another group for the primary school ones, and I literally realized I have bitten off more than I can chew. I do not know what I'm doing and I needed help. So I reached out and asked someone with experience, i.e. Gillian, what should I do? And we just began to talk about it. We went on walks, we began to dream, we shared our hearts together. And there is a thing, she taught me to run along the way. We started walking and ended up running. And Gillian said then that she would help with kids ministry, help. The rest is history. 
But you know, seriously, Jillian more than helped with kids' ministry. She did become our kids' pastor, but as the others have said, she prayed for the children. She equipped a whole generation of kids to know Jesus and to love him and to share that with other people. And it was more than just sharing stories about God. It was helping the kids understand how much he loved them, that they could be in his presence, that they too could be filled with authority, um, and they could see God change, be filled with the spirit. And um, I loved the times that I was in or watching videos of them in rockets, just worshiping her and the other leaders, just model worship and show the kids what it was like to be with Jesus. And they learned how to hear his voice and pray for other people and pray for healing. And I remember one time, one of my kids was in P7 at primary school and their teacher had a sore leg. Um, I'll just say it was Sam. <laughs> so he said to his teacher, uh, Sir, well, I'm not going to say the teacher's name, Mr. Such and Such, could I pray for your leg? But what Sam meant was right in that moment, he would lay hands and pray for his leg. The teacher was a Christian and a lovely guy, but he just thought Sam meant he would go home and in his prayers at bedtime pray for his leg. And he's just said, oh, thanks very much, Sam, and walked off. <laughs> but I just loved it, you know, that Sam had been taught that through kids and had the boldness to just say that in school and I just feel like the kids you know we could learn so much from them. A few months after we'd actually planted the church we had a word I had a word at the leaders conference in Nottingham and it was basically the way to the parents is through the kids and that highlighted to us very early how important children are in the life of our church and it feels to me like so often they're the ones who've led the way, they've got the boldness, they, you know, are not afraid to tell other people and to pray for other people. Gillian also taught the kids about justice and gave them opportunities to live that out. And I remember times them prayer walking around Carrick with helium balloons and just creativity, passion, but teaching them how to pray and about justice. And um, she told me that verse in Micah 6, 8, what does the Lord require of you to act justly, walk, love mercy and walk humbly with your God? That was important to her and she taught them that. And I loved it that she saw, as the others have said, the gifts, in, not just in the leaders, but in the children, and she drew that out of them. I remember quite a few years ago, Hope and Eva um, wanted to do something for their friends and show them how God loved them. And they had an event in our old venue for all the girls and they were able to share their heart with their friends. And from that, something grew. Our event called Born to Shine, our girls event, which we ran in the school a few times. And it reached girls from not just Carrick, but far beyond that. Um, as we've been preparing for today, I've been looking through some old photos and videos of the last 10 years and it's just moved me so much to think of the legacy Jillian's built following Jesus and doing that with our, our children. As a parent as well, you know, my kids have grown up through this ministry when we started the church. They were six, four and two years old. And I can hardly describe how grateful I am for what they've absorbed. You know, it's formed who they are, their identity and their values and what they know about God and other people. But the thing was, Jillian always said to us, you know, this isn't just about your kids in church. She always encouraged us as parents to live out, to put God first, to follow Jesus. And then our kids would see that too in our homes and in our hearts. 
And you know, as Gillian and I used to walk and talk and dream about kids' ministry, I think we're going to have a new season of that where we dream together um, about what it looks like. So that's why Paul's invited you all tomorrow night to Faith and Families. You know, if you're a parent or a kids' leader, you want to see our kids just growing that. We'd love to, to dream again together. And we're going to hear from Cherith at Lagan Valley Vineyard too. And that was part of Jillian's ministry, encouraging us as families. And my prayer is that we'll continue on. You know, Jillian always had stories of what God was doing in kids' lives in church and in school. Some of them were from difficult backgrounds and with tough stuff going on at home. And through Jillian going into school, they'd hear about God's love and experiencing it for themselves. I think Jillian could probably write a book with all the stories she has and maybe one day she might. But I believe we'll never know till heaven the lives that have been touched by our ministry. And I am so grateful that God brought her and Alan and Josh and Holly and Connor to our church. And Jillian, you're not only sorry, you're not only our kids pastor, but you're a lover of Jesus and you're my friend. And I just want to thank you. So, um, we've got a wee present for you. Someone's going to come up and give it to you where you are. I'm not going to make you stand up because you're obviously going to be coming up later. But we're just so grateful and thankful. Um, Thing that you made in the crowd? Windmill, but it didn't work. 
Okay, so you liked it when you made the wind now? Brilliant. Thank you so much. Bye bye, Julian. Hi, Julian. Just wanted to say thanks for everything over the last number of years. You have been amazing to have in the school, and we're really going to miss you. And the children of Central will really miss you. You've been a great support to me as well over the years, and uh, look forward to seeing you soon. Great to see some of those actual um, voices which are important to hear. And lots of the things lead in really well to this. This is about activities. So this is Generation Sunday and Paul had a great idea. I'm blaming this on Paul, okay? Uh, was, let's play the Generation game. And I'm like, great. So that was meant to be nostalgic and bringing us back. What that really meant was research for me. Like, what's the Generation game? What age does he think I am? So, so I had a poll and I had to go like, there's sports things, doing this, okay, all the people like, so we worked out with the generation, you know, she's have the conveyor belt, you can get like the conveyor belt and earmuffs and all these things, and I go, Paul, I'm actually okay, we'll get something. So I've got a generation game, and I've got some helpers, so the people, this is your point to think, I'm going to be called in a minute, some of the helpers, so you can get think about, I'm going to be called up in a minute. I've already been here. And it wasn't because I think you're the best people to get any ideas. It wasn't because I think you're special. It was because you were here early. <laughs> maybe that does think you're special. So I got to get you the helpers. But Jillian always gives games to people. So Jillian, maybe you could join me on stage for a second with this game as you get to continue. Here. So maybe Kate, could you join? I'm looking for experience, wisdom. Kate, come on ahead. So we've got experience, come on over here, Jillian. We've got wisdom, and then um, Sergey, could you help me for a bit as well, please, buddy? Um, experience, wisdom, and Sergey. Great. Come on. Um, so this is. I'm going to refresh you on what the generation game is. Um, the Generation game, all these fun things happen, people usually get wet and caked and all that sort of stuff. I have to sit and watch my way through this 20 year old show. But it gets to the end with this conveyor belt and you get to memorise all the things on the conveyor belt. So your job is to try and memorise all the things on the conveyor belt. So my helpers, if my helpers could come out into the middle, you know who you are, anybody that had something, bring it with you, come into the middle, just stop their carriage here first, make a line there, okay? And then I'm gonna when I call out what you've got, go and have a sit down. Okay, simple as that. End of one line for me. Go pick it. Jonah stole your brush, Hannah. <laughs> so maybe the brush on the list. Okay, we're into the line. We're into the line. Okay, getting there. And okay, we have. I'll call it out. Try and remember. An empty gift bag. Yeah, we'll have a seat. Silly sausage. We'll have a seat. An old rope. We'll have a seat. Ribs. A used toilet roll tube, have a seat. We have Professor Chris Whitty, we'll have a seat. We have an empty water bottle, have a seat. We have a cuddly toy, yeah. We have another cuddly toy, have a seat. We have a third cuddly toy, have a seat. And uh, we have a cuddly toy. Okay, we have one welly boot. Good man, have a seat for the welly boot. We have a shovel, have a seat. We have a bucket, grand. We have an empty whiskey bottle. We are with the box, we have a cuddly toy. We have, what do you got Benji? A scarf for us. Good man, you will have a seat with mommy. We've got an empty Pringles chin. Good work. We have uh, a small helmet and we have a punctured tire. Thanks for that one. What I've got for you here is a list. Now you can turn around, face the wall behind you. And I'm giving you a list. Here you go, Sergey. There's one. Um, the list is, is kind of blank, it's just got numbers on it. What I want you to do is I explain the joy one. 
don't want to risk it. It's a spare one, always bring a spare, Jimmy will know this. And there's a pen, choose a colour. Try to remember what you can. You've got until I finish talking to everybody else and we'll find out you remember. So usually the way the generation game works is... <laughs> um, is... Not the best view, maybe just... Uh, <laughs> um, uh, so this is going live, but I'll try to do it. Uh, here we go. The generation game works like you support yourself an extra 10 seconds. That you get the prizes at the end, but this is kind of reversed. So the person who goes worst gets to take all this junk home. Right? So all you have to do is beat one other person. That's all you have to do. Um, and then we're going to give you 10 more seconds. Well, how am I doing? You're probably halfway down. Maybe 15 more seconds. So this is the things we're planned for the boys. You go in and you have to jump through hoops, you have to go over a salt course. And I say the boys because I've got boys, I'm sure there's girls there too. But you have to do all this sort of stuff. Everything was organised, everything was prepped. And you have stopped shaking. Can you see the kids are great, see the adults? Um, uh, I'm going to give you 10 more seconds so we can count down from 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, well, I'll stop there, stop there, please put your pens down, stand up for me. So I'm going to trust you to mark your own here. So when I call this out, maybe you can wave it at me to make sure it's here. Uh, and then you can take it off your list if you haven't. Okay, empty Pringle tube. Yep, I've got one of those. Great, we'll have a punctured tire. Thanks, Dan, I got that. We've got an old rope. Ribbon, well done with that one. Carnival tube. Yeah, this has got there. Professor Chris Witty. <laughs> empty gift bag. Yep, we've got that. Silly sausage. Got that. Uh, one welly boot. Yeah, yeah we've got that as well. Speed. Wonderful. Bucket. Well done, Johnny. You have plenty of time, but he's still stuck it up. Um, empty whiskey box. Well done. The brush. With the brush being found, the brush disappeared, so that's okay. We'll give you that one as a bonus. Water bottle. Water bottle's there. Helmet. Yeah, yeah we're down there. Scarf. They just got in there. Cuddy toy. One, cubby toy two, cubby toy three, cubby toy four, cubby toy five, cubby toy. Did you get 20? When did you get? I got 16. 16. 14. 14. 14. 14. 14. 14. 14. 14. 14. 14. 14. 14. 14. 14. 14. 14. 14. 14. 14. 14. 14. 14. 14. 14. 14. 14. 14. 14. 14. 14. 14. 14. 14. 14. 14. 14. 14. 14. 14. 14. 14. 30, and them into the Word of God. I also want to say thank you so much for providing me with opportunities to step into leadership and grow my own faith in the Lord. Thank you. Thank you for giving us the opportunities to serve on kids' teams and like, I've had enough journey as we um, started up to the online. Um, I don't have any like real um, specific memories about Julian. I just remember <laughs> <laughs> always doing Easter egg hunts, Christmas stuff, Easter stuff. Um, so I remember doing a couple of sports days, so I thought, is this, I thought this was only what you did at school. Um, but no, um, Tilly made it the way he did it at church as well, it was brilliant. Um, I just remember getting there every Sunday, so all the toys laid out for people who didn't want to do the sports, and then me, my brother, cousins, stuff with, when we wanted to go play sports, Tilly let us go play basketball, ice hockey, whatever you wanted, Tilly had it sorted. Um, so yeah, just thank you so much, Julian. Hi, my name is Erin, and I was the first gem I line up my time at Carrington Yard. Thank you, Julian. Hi, I'm Ethan, and Julian is amazing. Um, 
I just want to say that I've been called lots of different things in my life, but the best thing I've ever been called is a worship warrior. And that's all thanks to Jillian. And ever since she called me that, it has influenced my life so much in a good way. And I just thank Jillian so much. Yeah, so um, good luck, Jillian, for what you're doing next. Thanks, Jillian, for organising Days Out Young for Rush and Lickett. My fondest memory of Jillian is that she used to put so much time and dedication into us individually when we were in kids. Uh, thank you, Jillian, for the amount of time you've put up with me being an agent and misbehaving. <laughs> <laughs> love, care, and supply of match attacks every week. <laughs> Well, I'm uh, joined on the stage here with two lovely ladies. Uh, who are you? <coughs> Speak up. She. Faith who? Crawford. Faith Crawford. And who are you? Karis Brilliant. And what school do you go to? Eden Primary. Rusty Primary School. Very good indeed. So, can you tell us here this morning, what do you love about being part of Rockets? It's interesting and fun. Jillian always does circus so stories. Very good indeed. And is there anything you want to say about Jillian and your time in all of the loads of times that you've been part of Rockets? I like how she always helps me when I don't understand the stories. That's wonderful. Anything you want to say about Jillian? You can tell her later, that's absolutely fine. Wonderful. Thanks so much for joining me. Well done, go sit down. So very briefly, I'm going to speak, honestly, five minutes max. Uh, and it really concludes our teaching series on what's the dream. And the dream really is that our children would grow up to be lifelong followers of Jesus. That's our heart, that's our passion. And as has already been said this morning, when we started the church, our own children were really young at that time. It was so important for us that they would grow and that they would have faith. And uh, I know it has been for so many of us here also. And, um, and, and, and really, the most important thing is that our adult lives, we're constantly shaping the lives of the generations that are coming up behind us. This is Generation Sunday, and each culture and each generation has been shaped by the previous one. Here's some clothing from the 1920s. And as we go through these images, you will see that as time goes on, uh, the previous generation was affected uh, by the previous generation. And, and uh, trends come and go. They're terrible images, aren't they? Uh, but it becomes more and more modern, but each um, set of clothing was impacted and affected by the one that had gone uh, before them. We, uh, together with some other vineyard churches here in Ireland, started a conference or a gathering of, of people, of adults, of leaders called Legacy. And the reason it was called Legacy was because we wanted to communicate that our lives, all of us, regardless of how old we are in the room, 
our lives are impacting the lives of other people. And we want to create a culture where we're actively thinking and serving and passing down to the next generation. And as we go from this life to go and be with Jesus, that we're leaving behind a legacy of what we have previously done. We've had the opportunity of planting a church, but we're investing in the next generation. There'll be a day when we won't be leaving anymore. We will pass it on to other people, and it will be their time and their moment to uh, continue to lead faithfully as they love and follow Jesus. Uh, some verses from Psalm 78. We've heard true stories from our fathers about our rich heritage. We will continue to tell our children and not hide from the rising generation the great marvels of our God, his miracles and power that have brought us all this far. The story of Israel is a lesson in God's ways. He established decrees for Jacob and established the law in Israel. And he commanded our forefathers to teach them to their children. For perpetuity, God's ways will be passed down from one generation to the next, even to those not yet born. In this way, every generation will set its hope in God and not forget his wonderful works, but keep his commandments. We will continue to tell our children the true stories, the marvels of miracles and power that have brought this far. God has commanded us to teach our children and pass it down from one generation to the next. Over the past number of years, Gillian has uh, spoken to hundreds, thousands of children our children, people within inside the four walls, to hundreds and thousands in other schools in Carrick Fergus, through events, through conferences, through gatherings, through life kids, through all number of different ways. She has had the opportunity to communicate the truth and the love and the marvels and the miracles about Jesus. And not just tell them the stories, but do what we say, and that's everyone gets the play. She modelled it, she instructed, she equipped the little saints to do it themselves. And I know, as has already been said, so many of you adults have said to me, my goodness, our own children, they volunteered to pray at home, and they've prayed for me at bedtime when I said I was struggling with someone, something. Their own child led them, the grown-up, to pray. That's wonderful and that's inspiring and that's incredible. We celebrate, we give thanks. But adults in the room, parents in the room, it is our role, it is our responsibility to pass on to the next generation here. We are incredibly indebted ourselves as parents to many of you in the room as well as Gillian for the way that you've invested in our own children. And I hope that myself and others, we have been able to do that to you also. Whenever we do a dedication in church, a little one comes up, thankfully Chantel does that, not me, otherwise the child is just a sure bet that they would cry. Chantel does it so brilliantly well. And part of it 
is um, comes up on the screen a set of words, a set of vows, a set of promises that the parents make, and they're choosing to raise their child in the ways of God. But there's also a question to us as the church. Will we, will we help this young life? Will we help the parents of this young life to raise their their child in such a way? And of course we do. The discipleship, the raising, the passing down from generation to generation should not and is not entrusted to the one hour slot on the Sunday morning. It is our role as parents, our responsibility to be passing on our faith, to model it at home, to be praying with our children, to read the Bible with them, especially when they were younger, to pray sometimes at mealtimes. Let them catch you reading your Bible and praying also. But the last point I want to say to parents is this, is bring them to church. Continue to bring your children to church. This slide here, I saw this on social media some time ago and I thought, my goodness, if you see church as optional, do not be surprised when your children see God as unnecessary. Many children have come and have gone. And ultimately, a time comes when a child makes up their own mind whether they continue, whether they want to continue or not. And, 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 and many of us in the room, I know as I'm saying these things, as parents, you have done your absolute best. You have raised them in, in every way. And actually, it grieves your heart that they're not in church with you. They're not followers of Jesus. And I know that that's sad. And we continue to pray. And we trust that so much of what they have received has been sown into their lives and that God will still bring that about in their lives. But parents, it's so important that we continue to, to bring them into these spaces, into these environments, to be part of church, that they really, really catch Jesus. Tomorrow night, you are invited, faith and families. We really hope uh, that many of you are going to be there. Yes, start worrying now. <laughs> okay, um, I hate this part. <laughs> Um, they've stolen all loads of my stories, so you're going to have to just pretend that you've not heard them before. Okay. Um, sorry, which button am I pressing? Oh, where it says next. Excellent. Okay. I want to take a few minutes just to reflect on my time as kids pastor. But before I do, I want to take you back to a time when I was younger. Well, not that much younger. I'm the one second on the left, although everybody keeps getting that wrong. When I was 17, I was babysitting for a little girl who um, asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up. I told her I wanted to be a light bulb. She's like, why? And I said, because I want to bring light into the world. 
Now, what started off as a bit of a jokey answer has actually sparked something in me. And I came back to that conversation many, many times over the years. Now, you'll not, you'll find this a bit hard to believe, but I've been in kids' ministry for 37 years. Okay, I know I don't look a day over 30, Shanta. But during that time, I can see how God has fanned that spark into a dream, which has actually brought me to where I am today. So what I am going to reflect on now is what I have learned from your kids. And I'm only going to be able to share a few bits and pieces, but actually these are the most powerful things that I have learned. And yes, all the young people are now trying to find themselves in the photos. So your kids dream big. As Chantel said, two girls came to me um, a number of years ago with a heart to share Jesus with their friends, but they weren't quite sure how to go about it. So we sat and chatted and we came up with a plan. And it's not working. Oh, and little Divas was born. So what we did, we had 20, in a space of 24 hours, we had 40 girls signed in. But we did it twice and both nights were fully booked. Those two little dreamers made themselves vulnerable. They stood in front of their friends and they shared what God had put on their hearts. But the dream didn't stop there, as Chantel said. It actually grew into Born to Shine. This time we had 100 plus kids from 19 churches all over Northern Ireland, and we had the most incredible days. It was, went way beyond what we had expected, because that's what God does. We had some of the most powerful worship that I've ever encountered at this event, and Sergi's nodding. It was like goosebumps, it was just absolutely amazing. But you know what, the boys were not to be outdone. Boys dream too, and a 10-year-old boy came to me with a heart of compassion um, for the homeless and an idea to collect toiletries and treats that we would give out at Christmas. So we did that, we collected all the bags, and on Christmas Eve we headed into town. Um, now what really astounded me was how he gave out the bags. He prayed over every single bag that it was going to the right person. We got four of the five done quite quickly, but the last bag, he couldn't find the right person. He goes, I know who she is, I'll know her, but I just can't find her. So we went and took a break in a cafe. 20 minutes later, we came out. The woman was sitting right outside the door of the cafe. I mean, God knew what he was doing in that moment. So your job, nurture what God has put on your kids. Um, let them show their compassion in whatever way and let their God dreams become a reality. Your kids are brave. And yes, that's Chantelle in the yellow t-shirt. One of her better ones, I think. She hates that. Your kids are brave. So treasure hunting fills most adults with fear. This is where you ask God to give you the name of a person, where you're going to find them, uh, what he wants to say to them, sometimes what they're wearing, and then you go and look for them. So um, I remember one occasion um, before lockdown where I took a crowd of the guys, and actually most of them are here today, and we went out, and we were quite successful. We found most of the people, and we were about to head back, and one guy goes, we can't go back. I haven't found my person yet. They were insistent that we stayed until we found this person. Um, we were standing in the middle of the Corsi car park, just going, is it her? Is it her? Is it her? So I've gone, at times we have to go, time is gone. So next thing, he starts going, that's her in that car. That's her in the car. Now he hadn't mentioned the car at all. So, but that's her in the car. So the poor wee woman, we're standing there waiting for her to get out of the car. And she gets out of the car. She's wearing the coat that he had written down on this piece of paper that she's wearing. Her name was what God had told her uh, it was going to be. 
So we went up to her and um, said, look, this is what we're doing. We're from Carrick Vineyard. And she was really touched that we had taken the time to wait and she allowed the boys to pray for her. That is brave. And the person who did that is here today. Um, giveaways, this is another thing that we would have done with Life Kids quite a lot before lockdown. Uh, we went out into the parks and the streets and the kids would give away lollies and sweets and drinks and then chat with people and they would say, we're from Carrick Vineyard. We believe in the power of prayer. Can we pray for you? And quite often people said yes. Um, that is brave. Uh, lockdown hit us all hard, but especially the kids. They, they struggled to connect on Zoom, but they showed up every week. They sent me updates on what was happening at home. And when they were allowed to, they came to family church. Their enthusiasm in the face of the unknown was brave. Your kids are open. Now, welcome to the power shower. This hula hoop with plastic strips holds no magic powers, but what it does is it encourages an expectation of an encounter with God. Uh, when we first used this, the kids queued up for over 30 minutes after church. When you were all in cafe having your donuts, they would sit and wait until they got prayed for. We saw the Holy Spirit move. We saw them getting words and pictures. They were just did not want to leave God's presence. Um, they ask thoughtful questions, really deep provoking questions that have come out of reflection and discussion. And it's not one-offs, it just takes somebody to actually sit and chat with them. They're open to learning through questioning. They're open to worship. Recently I stood at the back of Rockets and watched the change that came over the kids as they worshipped. As the peace of God descended upon them, their posture changed. They were focused on God and not on each other. And actually it was really incredible and very humbling to watch. And they speak out what they hear God saying. Now, the guys who are involved in this might remember this story, but it's one that has really, really stuck with me um, for years. So we'd, um, we encourage the kids to listen to God. And that's something you need to practice and practice hearing the voice of God. So we start them young. And we said, listen to God to see what God is saying to you. And one of the boys said, God says, I'm unique. And his friend went in straight away and said, you are more than unique. You are a limited edition because you have value and are greatly desired. And I think that that one still gives me goosebumps because it's true. It's just, it was just incredible. Your kids love to serve on teams. So for many years, we have had the young people in this church serving on different teams. Um, they want to find their place. They're looking to belong in church and we give them that chance to serve three different teams. I remember one day, and I am going to name this person, Harry Norton, um, <laughs> said to me, he was getting quite frustrated in Roberts one day, he was like, why are we not allowed to do the stuff? Why are we not allowed to preach? Why are we not allowed to worship? So what we did then was we gave them the opportunity within Rockets and then, well, nice Harry's on the team. So I would hold them to the preaching bit and let them have a go at that too. <laughs> Your kids model out their faith. On an inter-church weekend that we went away on, I entered a room that was like incredibly noisy as they are as the church weekends away and found our girls huddled in a little circle on the floor reading their Bibles while chaos ensued. They chose Jesus over everything else. They pour out their hearts in worship. This is a posture of surrender. This is what it looks like to really worship. And that again is something that we need to be modeling out to our kids. Kids pray for each other. From a very early age, we teach our kids to pray for each other. We, um, 
give them the opportunity is the big thing, but we have to model it out. Um, and recently in Life Kids this year, um, we were sitting in our little groups and we were praying for people. And um, I asked one of the little girls, he was only seven, and said to her, um, can you explain to your friend what, it, what we do when we pray? So she literally put her hands out and said, we'd sit like this and then explain fully what happens when the Holy Spirit moves on you. And I thought, I was just, I just wanted to put her hand, you know, we, we sit like this with our hands out. That, was, that would have been good enough. It's the fact that she had the full grasp of the fact that, you know, this is what happens when the Holy Spirit moves when you pray for somebody. It was incredible. They tell others about Jesus. We have, um, we tell them stories. Now we call them stories, but literally the Bible. We're going through the Bible with them. Um, and their ability to recall a story weeks, months, and years later is incredible. We're now seeing kids making connections between different Bible stories, making spiritual applications out of stories that they're hearing, and life applications. So you want to hear that, you have a conversation with them. You start asking questions and discussing it with them because they are keen to share what they know. Um, I've had the privilege of baptizing a number of kids over the years and it's always a pleasure to see them declaring Jesus as Lord. Um, it's not a task that I take lightly, but it's one of the things, one of the parts of my job that has been the most rewarding is to see any of our teenagers or kids acknowledge what Jesus has done in their life. Your kids want more. This is the bit where you come in because this is the part that you can play in their lives. They want more. They want more of God's word. They want to read their Bibles, but they need people to discuss it with them. And I don't mean people who will tell them this is what it means. I mean people who will actually get them into a conversation and help them to understand it. And that's a job for you. They want more time to talk to God. They want to pray. They want to see you pray. You need to model it out. You need to give them opportunity. You need to be creative in how you pray. And you need to pray in all circumstances, not just when at bedtime but all through the day, and then always remember to thank God for what it is that he has done, even if it wasn't the answer that you wanted. Um, they want more of God's presence, and this is literally just a quiet time, lying, listening to worship music, and explaining. This is what it feels like in the presence of God, but it's something that needs to be taught. And they want more of God poured out in their time, I think. Somebody um, reflected on the fact that we used to do prayer walks around the town, Kids are more aware of what has gone on in their own time than you think. Um, we were in one of the rural estates with a, a group of life kids a number of years ago, and they had um, a mural on the wall that says, show uh, mercy to no one. And one, it was at the end of a gable of somebody's house. One of the wee girls, couldn't have been any more than eight or nine, went up, put her hand on the wall and started praying against it. Nobody told her to. She just knew that what that wall said was wrong. So that they are intuitive. They will do what they know that God has put on their hearts. So this is the, that's basically what I have learned, part of what I've learned from your kids. Um, but it's, it's your job, it's, it's, it's everybody here's job. Um, we need to prioritize what we value and we need to be the people that we want our kids to be. Our kids will never be more than what we model out to them. So you want your kids to have more, then you need to model out what more looks like. But Sundays and kids, it's only one part of my job, as Chantelle said. This was my first day at school picture. You know, the way everybody puts their pictures, this is mine. Um, in the classroom, um, I teach the RE curriculum, the same as they do in every school, but um, I try to do it um, in a life-giving um, way that we would do in church on Sunday. Um, I have seen God move mightily in school. 
I have seen um, kids on their knees before a cross pouring their heart out to Jesus. I have seen kids come in and ask me to pray for something and then come back the next day and tell the whole class how God answered their prayer. I have seen kids uh, weep during worship songs. And just last month, I had a child come up to me, um, wouldn't let me leave the room until I told him how I could, or what he could do to convince his friends that Jesus was real. To which I replied, I can't do anything. You know, that's up to the Holy Spirit. But um, it was his earnestness going, you, ha you have to tell me, you have to tell me. Um, after schools clubs is also part of my school's work. So um, what I do here is we, we do church in school, um, which has been amazing. Um, at one point, I think we had 80% of Central Primary School attending events, which was just amazing. Um, and Live from Lapland was one of the big events that we did last year for school. It's um, a COVID baby. Um, so it came out of lockdown and we had a thousand plus kids, a thousand plus kids tuned in. Um, anybody who was involved will know that it wasn't the easiest, most straightforward event with changing lockdown regulations and technical difficulties, but um, everybody who helped, it was amazing, absolutely amazing. So the last one is um, community, um, my community events. Uh, this is our first Rent-A-Crowd that we did for Storm in the Castle. Um, a sea park based. Apparently social media said that it was the best cheer station ever, which it really was. We've done many events over the years. Um, and they've all been wide and varied, but they've all had one thing in common. They've all been family-centered. And the most recent of those um, was the Easter Treasure Trail, which is also a COVID baby, where 86% of the people who came along were visitors to our church. Um, this one's just thrown in because it needs to be there. Um, it was a very, very different experience, wasn't it, Diane? Um, so Diane and I had the pleasure of emceeing Surviving Menopause for the REACH team this year. Um, it was absolutely hilarious. Um, and I'm sure that Tommy will be glad that I'm stepping down because it means I won't get him or Diane involved in any more wild antics like running around Tesco's dressed as elves and stupid things like that. So finally, my teens. Anybody who's ever served on a kids team or at a kids event, I could not have done it without, any, without you all. Um, and as you can see, it helps that they're all a little bit crazy. So this is only some of the people and some of the events that we have been up to. Um, but really it has taken us all. It's not a one person job at all. And finally, and finally, finally, my thanks. Parents, thank you, as Paul said, for bringing your kids. We really couldn't do it without you guys. Keep bringing them. Even on the Sunday mornings that you don't want to get out of bed, you need to be bringing them because you're feeding into them. Kids, thank you so much for being awesome. I have loved every minute with all of you. Paul and Chantel, thank you for faith in me and for the freedom to let me dream big. To my family, I couldn't have done it without them. They've all served on teams at some point. Um, cutting out things, whatever, dear love them. Um, you don't just get me, you get them all. And finally to God for this opportunity and for whatever adventures lie ahead. Thank you.